Hello everyone and welcome to Chairside Live. I'm your host, Megan Strong. Great show we have today. Dr. Murashan has an interesting seven unit obsidian veneer case. And she also has a bonus, fun little unique case that is simply, well, golden. But first, Dr. Mershon's obsidian veneer case, she's placing this incredible restorative material on teeth number six through 11 for a reliable restorative result. Let's check it out. Hello everyone. For this clinical video, we have a 43-year-old male patient who presented to our office with chipped teeth and a history of parafunctional habit. He was unhappy with the spacing between some of his teeth and he wanted a new smile to go on his new business cards. This clinical video will show that obsidian lithium silicate material is a reliable material for veneers in the anterior, especially when we need strength, like in this case, where the patient is prone to clinching. It has similar features as other all ceramic materials in terms of bonding, translucency, and a better flexural strength. Because of the etchability of this material, I was able to preserve enamel and minimally prep Obsidian exhibits an average flexural strength of 397 megapascals, and that allows us to be able to fabricate very thin veneers. We will begin this case at the impression appointment. This video will concentrate more on the bonding procedure. For a more detailed presentation of prepping teeth for obsidian veneers, please refer to episode 158. Because the patient has some gingival inflammation, I decided to finalize the prep and take the final impression at the second appointment. You can see here at the final impression appointment, after the removal of temporaries, the preps were clean with Cavatron and we can observe some tissue irritation around the margins. The double cord technique was used for final impression. The first cord displaced the tissue 0.5 millimeters, so I was able to finalize my margins using a fine round-ended burr at 2000 RPM with no water, followed by a white stone. Before placing the second cord, I use grip strip to separate the interproximals from any debris so the technician can obtain clear demarcations of interproximal margins. I used size 1 cord as a second cord to displace the tissue 1 mm in horizontal direction to ensure that medium body will enter the sulcus and after the cord is removed to provide material beyond the margin. That way the technician will be able to fabricate the correct emergence profile. Here I am syringing capture medium body material while my assistant was filling up the custom tray. We can observe that there is material beyond the margin and that the capture medium and heavy body material provided a predictable and easy to read impression. Here I'm trying in the veneers with water to assess the fitting and the final shade. To get the veneer ready for addition, the intaglio surface were micro etched using phosphoric acid for 20 seconds. IvoClean was scrubbed in for 20 seconds as well to eliminate any contaminants. Prior to sealing, the intaglio surface of each veneer was treated with monoband plast, which was scrubbed in for 60 seconds and kept away from light under a dark surface until they were ready to be loaded with adhesive looting cement. 
The preps were etched, rinsed with water, and dried with an ADEC warm air dryer to avoid moisture contamination and to displace the AMB primer into a thin film. To ensure symmetry and correct midline, I like to start with the centrals first, sitting two veneers at a time, then working my way back to the canines. Great care is taken to apply the appropriate amount of pressure using cherry wooden sticks to avoid fracturing the material upon sitting. At this stage, it's very easy to fracture the veneer since it has a minimum thickness of sometimes less than one millimeter. This case, is a great example of why I should have taken a better care with the provisional. Anytime there is an open margin in the provisional or if the patient wasn't properly cleaning and rinsing, the bacteria or tissue can creep under the margin and we can have a hard time controlling the hemostasis at the cementation stage. That can compromise the bonding of the restoration. We saw earlier that some bleeding occurred after the removal of the temporaries. To control the cravicular fluid or bleeding, I sometimes use double zero cord with epi that would also prevent the cement from going under the tissue. Here, to avoid oxygen inhibiting layer, small amount of liquid strip was applied around the margins and final cured. Excess cement was removed with universal curette and floss. Patient occlusion and lateral exclusion were checked and restoration were evaluated for phonetics. After confirming there was no contact on the marginal interface, rubber cups and porcelain polishers were used to polish adjusted areas. Because obsidian exhibit an average flexural strength of 397 megapascals, it will be more resistant to biomechanical complications. Also, because of the etchability of the obsidian, we can predictably achieve bonding on a minimal prep without worrying about creating a retentive preparation. Thank you for watching. Back to you, Megan. Thank you for that, Dr. Mershon. But the fun isn't over just yet. Now, Dr. Mershon has an eye-catching little segment with an interesting veneer case. Take it away, Dr. Mershon. While I was walking through the lab the other day, I was stopped by Renee, one of our customer service representatives. She handed me a very unique case that one of our doctors sent in, and I would like to share it with you today. Here we have six anterior veneer restoration in solid gold. In some culture, this is a sign of wealth, but if you are a hip-hop artist, it can be a mark of your success. We don't know the patient occupation, but this reminds me of the Griot's jewelry taco shells that some artists wear. Those are usually removable, but in this case, it is the real deal. As you see here, we fabricated six-unit gold veneers for this patient. Because veneers can fall off when they are bonded on surface that is more than 50% dentin, we can notice here the doctor placed some grooves possibly to increase the amount of surface area for bonding. In this case, the only shade to match would probably be the gold of the opposing teeth. The maxillary central here look like may have been made of metal as well. As a clinician, I know I can get better aesthetic from other types of restorations, but in the end, it boils down to patient's needs, wants, and desires. I guess a concern I'll have as a dentist 
is if the patient returns after treatment to say they wish they have never done it. So, if the patients want their bling, they better put their money where their mouth is. Or should I say, put their money where the teeth are? Thank you, Dr. Mershon. That was awesome. And now I think I need to go upstairs to the lab and get myself a grill made. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Chairside Live. On behalf of everyone here at Glidewell Laboratories, we thank you for watching, and I'll meet you right back here next time.